On this episode of American Grindstone, we're sitting down with Mark Treese. He's going to teach us how to count cards, and we're going to learn a little bit about some business strategy as well. Check it out. The Grindstone. My sonny boy kept his nose to the grindstone. Never give up, never surrender. Mark, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to have you here, man. I've been looking forward to this for yes. since the beginning. Yeah. Uh, you, I met you a couple years ago yep. at the Northwood Market. That's right. Um, I was restocking the cigar humidor. Yes. You came in to buy some items from yes. the market. And, yep. uh, oh, no way. We just instantly hit it off. We just could tell two extroverts yep. mm-hmm. uh, in a room just become magnetized yep. to yep. one another. Around a cigar case. Yeah. Around a cigar case. Yeah. A it beacon, was, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Totally. yeah. And then as I just kept running into you, I thought, I like this guy. Yeah. Uh, He's a he's a brother in the Lord. He's a friend. He's a you know he's an entrepreneur. He's got a lot of crazy ideas. He's got a lot of weird things he's done. My kind of person. I like you know what I like the cut of your jib too. Yeah, yeah. I dig it. I really do. I'll it's take great. It. Yeah, it's a whole jib. <laughs> it's a jib. <laughs> we need to bring that back. Yeah, we'll bring That's jib back. I don't. I don't know what a jib is. I don't either. Okay. Oh man, I, I do know not. what a pog is. Oh, but yeah. Ooh, yeah, pogs. Yeah, yeah, we could go there, but too much ADHD for us to stay there too long. No, right. you can't. Mark, you uh, are an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. a business consultant, mm-hmm. um, an idea man. Uh, you also are a advantage player at blackjack. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're going to dive into all those things cool. today, but I always like to start the podcast talking with folks about kind of tell me about your, your childhood, about what, how you grew up. Cause I think a lot of the things that we develop as kids, they really kind of play into where we're at as adults. Yeah, so. I agree. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, I'll play the tapes back and then we'll kind of maybe land mostly at blackjack probably is the best way to go about that. So yep. I was born in Cincinnati uh, to mom and dad. I'm one of three brothers, four brothers total. So uh, yeah, I grew up in the Midwest. So Cincinnati, right across the river is Kentucky. So mm-hmm. I actually grew up in Kentucky. Uh, you know, I married my cousin. I'm just kidding. She's it happens. I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's my sister. Um, I was like, All right, Ryan, don't smile on this one. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. So, uh, and you know, like life for me growing up, it was, if you looked at it from the outside, it looked pretty standard, really vanilla. So yeah. mom, dad, house, you know, went to church on Sunday. And uh, unfortunately, the, the early childhood for me was not what it looked like from the outside. Mm, so yeah. um, grew up with just a crazy amount of trauma. And basically all the worst imaginable ways was what was happening inside of my home from our biological father. Mm. And so it was just, it was a really challenging place to be. And throw a little confusion on that. He was a deacon at the church and yeah. no drugs, no alcohol. He's a really good looking guy, but he was just, he was really sick. And mm. uh, when I was about nine years old or 10, I reported what was happening to me and yeah. Over a short period of time, my mother, she fled, had to go into connected to the Women's Crisis Center, and really the story just took a really severe turn, but in a good way. Oh. That was like super brave of you, nine years old. I can't yeah. imagine. I can't you know, imagine that. I can't imagine it either. Yeah. I have a nine-year-old. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Me too. Like, Me I too. like jumped on the kid this morning before I left for work, and you know, I, like he's a nine year old. He's like a normal kid. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I have a lot of empathy for and a lot of connection to people who are coming from deep scars because that's just the world that I grew up yeah. in. 
So, you know, and I, I loved my biological father. It's just, it's just what I knew, but I knew what was going on with me. It was not right. I was mm-hmm. really sick. I was bulimic. Yeah. So just living in so much anxiety. And so wow. my mother, uh, my mom got ri- married at 19 years old. Yeah. She was a kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, once all this came out, she kind of fled, as so many, as so many women do who are battered, and you kind of can't help it. You just, you go inward because yeah. you don't know what safe is. And yeah. Eventually, my mom got out of that environment, and we did as well. And my mother, uh, who had never really had a job in her entire life, is now a single mother with four kids. He got all the properties in the business, and yeah. she got the kids. Which, well, I don't know which one won in that deal, but mom says she won. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think she did, too. In the end. <laughs> in, in the, the end. end. Yeah. yeah. So, during the ordeal. So my mother remarries a divorced, bankrupt, unemployed preacher. Mm-hmm. And so it's like this train wreck and a train wreck. They just somehow inched along in their train wreck fashion and had a greater train wreck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in that place, all sorts of redemption and healing and goodness came out of it. I was hoping you'd say that. It did. It really, it really did. So uh, that man eventually adopted me at 16. And so I got a new name. I got a new father. Yeah. And he really reset the trajectory of my life in terms of just what does it look like to be a man? Yeah. What does it look like to treat a woman properly? Mm. What does it look like to, to have love for myself, to connect with God? Because yeah. as, you, as you can imagine, a lot of those things were pretty warped. Oh, for yeah. sure. Like when that source of like spiritual training is also the source of like torture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The most you know, influential religious person in your life is also doing the worst things. It's like, well, yeah. I don't know what to... Who's also my dad? Yeah, yeah, father yeah. and father. It's, yeah. it's very confusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So anyway, so that kind of, you know, that kind of, I raised, I was raised up in that environment. And for me, I, I became a person who really needed to find meaning. And yeah. I think that's a pretty common thing when people are coming from such hard conditions is you, you just got to find some kind of purpose. And yeah. So I spent a lot of my teenage years out in the woods, started to write, started to just write more and more and started getting into poetry. And I was just trying to figure out, like, what is all this about? Mm-hmm. Like, what is life about? And eventually got to the point where I was ready to start to pray and say, like, is there a God? And God, are you God? And everything I've ever heard is subject because... Rightfully so. And I had a couple, I I don't know how to call them, but some spiritual encounters. And throughout that process, I left. Well, look, here's what I said. I said, God, I'm going to kill myself if you don't reveal yourself to me. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a risky thing to do. You know, mm-hmm. I've never been a very good bluffer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or I'm great at it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or, or. Yes. And he did, you know, and, and, and he did. And it really reset my life. And uh, I started, I started the, the teachings of Jesus became really real to me. Mm-hmm. And I started being able to see the difference between its application in some really bad ways. Yeah. And like just the pure teachings of Jesus mm. and, uh, Anyway, that set me into a different path. So I graduated high school. I wanted to be an artist. My mother, who's terrifying, and I love my mom, <laughs> basically was like, you're going to college or I'm going to damage you. So I, Art school? Oh, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> well, mom, I'm going to... I married one of those. But, uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, so I ended up, I uh, got a degree in counseling. I was terrible at it, not particularly interested. Uh, my original intention was to go in and help people who came out of trauma yeah. like myself. Um, the one thing I knew I was never going to be under any conditions was a business person. Mm-hmm. Like, they're the worst, right? Yeah. They're square, <laughs> they're greedy, they're yeah. exploitative. I was like, the one thing I'll never do is, like, have to dress up or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's the worst. Tell your soul to be the, the guy that, you know, wears the necktie. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I, it's just the worst to me. And so I was actually planning on taking a job at a vineyard church. And I was, I was really deep into the interview process. And while there, I just was like, this isn't right for me. Mm-hmm. And I need to find out if these teachings can be more transformative than just in the context of church. Yeah. yeah. But do these teachings begin to transform the world around us? And mm-hmm. so I was sitting on this kind of like really challenging place for me internally. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm not. And so I, I withdrew my application or whatever to take the job. And I came home and I told my parents, it's like, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go into business instead. <laughs> and so I did. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. As a shock to you, but yourself, I'm sure you're like, wait, what? I don't know. Like, oh, I just was like, how, what does it look like to multiply good on the earth? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's really how I got into business was yeah, like, yeah. how do we take good things and multiply them? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. And eventually I was like, the marketplace is the way to do that. And so I've kind of been on this quest and journey of um, trying to produce and create things that I think are cool and meaningful. Mm -hmm. Now, how, and I'll I'll talk a little bit more about that and like kind of how that led me to blackjack. But I'd say from a process perspective, I've just always, I'm kind of lazy. And so I've always just looked for, like, well, where can I put a nickel in and get a quarter out? Uh-huh. Gotcha. A little you know, easy like, ways. Little, right. It's like yeah. when I would do schoolwork, it was like, well, how could I memorize this? Like, I was a pretty good student, but my, my rule was like, well, I'll figure out a way to memorize everything. I'll forget it the next day. Yeah. But I'll get an A on the test, like, tomorrow. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so that's kind of like how I, how I did my entire world. But uh, <laughs> so anyway, when I was out of college, I started, I started flipping houses because uh, I was like, okay, well, you know, start somewhere. Yeah. And uh, my grandfather, who's an entrepreneur, he ran a company that was just so cool to me. Uh, it's 155 years old, I think. Oh, now. Wow. So it's been in the family for a long time. And when I saw my grandfather retire, mm-hmm. I was in high school. And it was one of the most powerful things I've ever seen. And it was because these men have worked with my grandfather their entire life. Mm-hmm. 40 years, 50 years on these people. Jeez. Wow. And, and when he retired, the honor they gave him. And I was like, I want to be like that one. Yeah. Like, if that's this new version of what it looks like to be a business person, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Because he had, you know, countless lives yeah. living off of that business. Yeah. And and depending on him and honoring him with that, that's nuts. Yeah, it was really neat. So, anyway, I was, I was flipping houses and I was doing ministry and, you know, what I didn't really ever want to do was get paid to do ministry because mm-hmm. I'm, like, kind of lazy and, and I like to, like, find hacks. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to end up being one of those dudes on TV. They're yeah. like, oh, if you send me, 
your life savings. <laughs> I'll send you the tissue that I just blew in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and you'll be blessed. And you'll be blessed. <laughs> yeah. so, well, God bless you because you just sneezed or I sneeze and here's my boogies. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I sneeze and here's my boogies. Yeah, so. That For is a slogan right no. there. All right. <laughs> So ten anyway. ninety nine, I'll send my tears. Uh, <laughs> so I was I was living with a guy, and uh, we were in a house church community in Cincinnati area. And I love that. Yeah, it was super fun, and I got introduced to these guys, and they're from Washington, and they would start playing cards for a living. My grandmother was a really nasty card player, mm-hmm. and so she taught me cards when I was really young. I really like cards, and uh, but I was really opposed to it because we're playing blackjack. And oh, yeah, yeah, the devil's card game. We don't gamble. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, like my grandmother told me gambling wasn't a sin, but she said it's something foolish people do. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like something I say to my kids now. I really want to do it. She but told me, no, she's like, yeah. if you want to be poor, become a gambler. I yeah. Like, well, I don't want to become that. I already sure. am. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, I eventually got over the kind of essence, like my es- existential problem with Blackjack, and I actually read the book, and I was like, this is exactly the way I think. And huh. so that eventually led me into Blackjack. So I left what? the youth pastor job and became a gambler. What book? Mm. <laughs> you read a book. Mm. I want to know what book it is that causes a man to <laughs> apostate from his faith oh. and <laughs> yeah, apostate. Yeah. What book did you read to put the other one yeah. down? What? There's a book by a guy named Stanford Wong. There's a few like quintessential card counting books out yeah. there. Yeah. I read them. They made sense to me. I talked to the guys that started this team, and I just went right into the hole of study. And yeah, oh like, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna play blackjack, and while I play blackjack, I'm gonna learn how to start businesses. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like I told my wife we were just married, and I had this great idea. I was like, "Hey, we're gonna learn blackjack together. We're gonna travel, yeah. and like while we're playing, we'll learn how to start companies." And she was like. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> and business was your side hustle to blackjack. Yeah. I didn't know that till right now. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. wild. That's business wild. Was the side hustle to yeah. blackjack. So. Yeah. She, yeah, the blackjack was the first. She learned alongside of me, but I, I, it was not her forte. Yeah, and uh, it was absolutely mine. So that's yeah. how I got into blackjack. Yeah. So, help me understand this. Okay. Isn't blackjack just a game of chance? Like how, how do you? learn the game of blackjack besides learning the rules and just playing it a bunch like what you're talking about seems a little bit more formulaic than that yes. absolutely a whole book on it right yeah yeah that's right so so all like when you go to a casino which i never went to a casino in my entire life except for professionally so okay. i've never gambled before i listened to grandma the only time i ever gambled i walked in my first time at a casino i put a dollar in a slot machine and i thought i was going to pull a little lever but there isn't one you press a little button yeah <laughs> Is it turkey in it? I was like, where's my dollar? Oh, yeah. Got where's it. my little, like, I don't even get any tickets. Like, nothing came out. And I was like, this is frustrating. <laughs> yes. So there's nothing left there's over. Nothing yeah. left <laughs> in it. I was like, ah, at least went the little, the claw. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, blackjack is a different game, though. So, in all the casino games, they, you know, we all measure them by the odds. And of all the games in a casino, blackjack is, for advantage players, most think, consider blackjack to be the most beatable game. Okay, And the reason it's beatable and the reason Blackjack's the most popular game is because it's the game that you're going to lose on the least Okay, in a casino. Okay. You're going to lose the least, least in Blackjack. But the assumption is you're going to lose at every game. 
but you're going to lose the least at blackjack. Yeah, you're yeah. going to lose. That's why yeah. they have nicer carpets than you do. Yes. In the casino. Like, you are going to lose. Yeah. But it's such a fun game. And it actually is a fun game for people because it's the game you're going you're gonna to win the most at. Yeah. If you flip it out the other way. Sure. But con- to the casino, it's the game that you're going to lose the least at. Uh-huh. Sure. No, that makes sense. Makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. Yep. Which makes it the most winnable game from a player perspective. So with blackjack, these guys, these really smart dudes, they figured out a way to memorize and track where the cards are in any given amount of decks. Mm-hmm. And we call that card counting. Okay. It, the process is, well, not cheating, because cheating is completely against the law. Like, big trouble. All we're doing is just using our minds. Uh-huh. So we're just using a system that allows us to see the same mess, the chaos that everybody else sees. But we have a system that brings order out of the chaos. Yeah. And then it tells you what to do once you figure out the order. Yeah. Yeah. So the algorithm, sh- shall we say. The yeah. algorithm. Yeah. If we, if, I'm not smart enough to use that word, but yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But then, so, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. Sure. You go to a casino, they think you might be card counting, uh-huh. and they're like, get out of here. Yeah. Correct, right? Well, normally, it, so like, let's say a normal person goes to the casino. Yeah. And they think they're card counting. They all do. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So the margin of error on card counting is quite quite small. So generally speaking, it's to a casino's advantage if you're like, oh, I'm going to watch a couple YouTube videos on card counting. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yes. Come on Come in. Come on yeah. in, guys. We're going to take all your money. Come on yeah. in. Because we know you're not going to go deep enough or have the discipline enough to actually deploy this strategy to the, to the degree that it needs to be to be a tip over. Yeah. yeah. But there is a tip over. And there's a real tip over. And once you understand how to break the system and you can execute on it with discipline and consistency. Yeah. Then they start. Then they start to know who you are. Yeah. And then they start to kick you out. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So that's wild to me. Yeah. That should I feel like they should be able to kick you out. Right. And it's it it varies depending on where they are. And I'm not up to I'm not up to speed right now with blackjack law like I used to be. Yeah. Um, in fact, I'll just give you the best resource for the listeners. If you're interested in blackjack, learning the game, uh, there's a website called blackjackapprenticeship.com. <laughs> I love the name. Yes. <laughs> Started one by the co-founders of the team. Yeah, oh, and wow. he's in Seattle, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the most authoritative resource online Pleasure. in the world on card counting. And it has just been going on for years and years and years yeah. of training people how to count cards. It's crazy. And so it is, it's really, it's really deep. It's a good entry point, mm-hmm. but it will take you all the way down the hole that you need to go on. And it's, it's, it's top notch. So. Wow. So you're reading this book, you're okay. studying that. So yeah. So I read this book and I was like, okay, this, this makes sense to me. So I told my wife and for me, I, when I focus on something, yeah. I was saying this to you guys earlier, like nothing else in the world exists. Yeah. Once something's like, you know, in the center. Yes. So, yeah. uh, what did you call it? You called vision. it the Eye of Sauron. That's what my wife calls it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you just kind of. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So it's. It's great, by the way. It's great. Yeah. It's good when I'm cooking dinner, right? It's like the only thing in the world that matters. <laughs> yes. But yeah, yeah. it's not good for everything else. So, but for card counting it was really useful. So I took, I spent 30 days. I did 10 hours a day, sometimes 12. Like yeah. I locked myself in a library and I was like, I'm just going to memorize this. And yeah. so I. I worked every day, and then at night, I would just review, and then before bed, I would rewrite all my charts, and after about a month, I flew to Seattle, 
And so I, so I didn't know what I was getting into when I joined this team. Mm-hmm. So when I thought about joining a team of card counters, so let me get some context. Yeah. A guy from my church had a brother-in-law <laughs> who was riding a bike and got hit by a car in Virginia, got sued, <coughs> got some extra cash, read a book, same book, yeah. figured out how to do card counting, put a small team together, started building a bigger team. Ocean's Eleven. Kind of like yeah. Ocean's <laughs> yeah. Eleven. Yeah. So, and they were based out of Seattle, and I heard about this thing. So it was through, like, family connections and uh, – Source to a source to a source exactly. to a source. Yeah. So I thought I was, like, going to this, like, professional thing. And yeah. I, I was 23. I was just married and um, got out the airplane. i have never been to the Pacific Northwest before, never crossed the Mississippi before. Mm-hmm. As soon as I got off the mountain or off the airplane, I looked up and I saw Mount Rainier, and I was like, this is the place for me, uh. and I'm going to go climb that hill. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, still haven't made it up it yet to yeah. the top. But we call them hills around. Here. Yeah, that yeah, little, that oh, little for hill sure. yeah. for sure. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, so we went straight to a casino and we just started doing what we call a test out. And the test out is simply: Do you? We're measuring and tracking the degree of proficiency you are at all the multiple steps of counting cards. And it was this really awesome experience. It was like super stressful for me. And yeah, but the guy who picked me up, who runs the Blackjack Apprenticeship website, yeah, you know tattoos and, and a subaru like you do up here and yep. yeah yeah and <laughs> everyone was, so that night not, i was with, not us though yeah not these guys no, no, that no, night no. i was with these two and i had never met the guys before and we were in the hot tub and uh it was like kindred spirits kind of deal right mm-hmm. it's like hanging out with you guys and i was like listen i'm either gonna own this team or i'm gonna run it so let's figure out what we're gonna do I had no idea why I said that. I didn't know how to run a blackjack team. I just thought you were working on your I poker face. Watched like Listen, a, bro. I probably watched yeah. like a YouTube video beforehand on how yeah. to be strong because I had no idea what I was doing. And uh, anyway, they were like, "Well, yeah, I guess you should be the other manager." And so instead of there being two, there became <laughs> three, that. and we managed. That. There was three of us that managed the blackjack team, and and um, and it just it just it just made sense to me. So maybe we should talk about what card counting is. Yeah. American Grindstone is brought to you by Travax, the ultimate gear for the modern adventurer. Whether you're hitting the trails, exploring the city, or just navigating everyday life, Travax has you covered. Here is the Contour. It's my own personal everyday carry. The Contour is Travax's sleek and durable wallet that is designed to be your EDC companion. Made from top grain leather and precision engineered metal, the Contour not only looks great, but is built to withstand whatever life throws at you. But that's not all. Travax also offers a wide range of rugged belts, their skeletonized field knife, and the ever-popular OG 2.0, as well as other essentials that blend form and function seamlessly. Elevate your everyday carry with Travax, where style meets durability. Travax, earn your story. So, Mark, take us through it. Like, tell us, tell us a little bit about card counting and, All right, and so, how it so works. So, these are cards. These are yeah, playing <laughs> yeah, cards. Yeah. Okay, good. So, it's really like, so it's, first is kind of like the understanding of what strategy is, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So, Michael Porter says strategy is knowing what to say no to. But essentially what we're oh. doing is we're saying we're going to come in the cards and we're going to win the game. That's our objective. The method of how we're going to do that is we're going to do it by deploying a strategy that allows us to consistently know with a degree of approximation how many face cards are left in the deck versus low cards okay Okay. right so the goal is for the cards that are going to be played if you had a magic wand as a player 
all you would ever receive are 10 jacks, queen, kings, and aces, mm-hmm. right? And the everybody else would get all the low stuff. Yeah. So in card counting, you're not actually counting, like we have a single deck here, you're not counting all 52 cards, you're counting them in three groups. Gotcha. So you're counting them and you're assigning a, a, a value to these three groups. Okay. And then the end of this is, after you do a round of counting, you can actually tell properly how many more high cards are, are left to be played versus low cards. Got it. The more high cards that are left to be played, the more valuable the hand is. Got yeah. it. Right? So that makes sense? Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. So the way we do that is we first create three groups, and we call them plus one, zero, minus one. Okay. So two through six has a value of plus one. Uh-huh. Seven, eight, nine is nothing. Yep. Neutral. Mm-hmm. So it's zero. Ten through ace is negative one. Got it. When we actually teach people how to count cards, we teach them to say D1. Because in your brain, you can say D1 faster than negative, negative one. one. Yeah. And eventually, you have to be able to say this very, very fast. Because counting goes, it gets really, really quick. <laughs> but, huh. So all we're really doing is we are, we are tracking how many cards are left in the table or left in the deck. And then given the situation, mm-hmm. depending on how many are left, it then informs you on what behavior to do on the table. Okay. Yeah. Right? So... After you've played, so let's say we've played a couple rounds, and I realize, like, whoa, there's quite a few, let's say there's 10 more face cards left in this little deck right here, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And there's been eight small cards that have been played out. The value of this hand, the probability of you getting a high-ranking hand and the dealer busting is substantially higher. Mm-hmm. So now, once we know we're in a good environment, and again, this, it has nothing to do with how you feel. We're just trusting the framework. Yeah. Gotcha. Right? So you have to be super disciplined about trusting the framework. But once you know that, all of a sudden, it's just like investing. You're like, dude, the time is right. Yeah. Because you yeah. see everything line up. You, you know the probability just went it up that yeah. I'm going to win. And so now I'm going to raise my bets, sometimes substantially. And I'm going to, so now we just had a bet swing, mm-hmm. right? So for me, when I would go into a casino, I would go in at 200 bucks maybe approximately, right? Mm-hmm. And if it's like we're getting into that more advantageous situation, I'm now playing $2,000 a hand. Yeah, right? got it. And instead of playing one hand, because I'm just trying to get the cards to where they're viable, uh-huh. yeah. uh, this is like very aggressive, I'll play all seven hands. Oh, wow. At $2,000 a hand. Oh, wow. So you can play the whole table. Right. Got it. So this is the most dramatic example. Right? Yeah. Most exact yeah. would be I'm playing a, for 25 bucks. Yeah, yeah. And then as soon as I like the situation, I'm playing all seven hands at $2,000 a hand. Got it. Gotcha. Right? So that's how this thing works. The way I know what to do is by counting these cards. And once I do that and I've played these $2,000 hands, I then, once the cards are laying out, then there's a bunch of spreadsheets that you memorize. And it's saying that if the dealer has a five and you have an A6, the question is, do you hit, do you stand, or do you double? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you memorize these spreadsheets that are what are filled with what we call deviations. Yeah. It's just if-thens. It's the okay. algorithm, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If there's more of these nice cards, then double. Got gotcha. it. Basically, it's all it's saying. But if it's, you know, the the... the ones or whatever then it's like okay well maybe stand back then you'll take a hit or you'll and it just so the memorization part is really about just memorizing these spreadsheets and that takes people a lot of work yeah like you know it takes a little bit of time so maybe we could deal out a hand yes you want to try yes i do you guys know how to play blackjack yes 
All right. I, I, I'm not. I mean, I somewhat know. And disclaimer, I have been out of blackjack for some time, right? Okay. So instead of running blackjack systems, I run business systems. But to me, they're basically identical. Yeah. <laughs> and Chipotle has a system. Like, there's a system for everything you want to get, yes. right? So, like, I've got a system for getting the largest burrito in the history of mankind at Chipotle. And for years, I fed my family of seven off of a single burrito, off, all base, basically because we had a nice little strategy. So here we go. I'm just dealing out raw <laughs> cards here. I don't know what we're getting. We're going to practice. Yeah, I right? like how everything has a system, and you're like, and I'm going to find that system. Yeah, and I'm going to play to win. All right? <laughs> I love it. All right, so here we go. So we're going to count these cards. So remember, 7, 8, 9, yep. 0, 10 through king, or 10 through ace is negative 1, mm -hmm. and 2 through 6 is plus 1. So we would call this. This guy here is a negative 1. Negative 1 mm -hmm. plus. Plus my 1. Well, that's a 0. Zero. A zero so. oh, he's, oh, sorry. Not 0. Yep. You're right. And then zero zero. So this is these are worth one one and oh, yes. one. So we were we were at negative one. Yeah. And now we go zero. Now we're at one one one. So we say this in our head one 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 because you're going the running count. Gotcha. So we call this a running count. You're running as the cards are rolling out. It's called a running count. So now we're at a one. Now we have a, this card's worth zero. This is worth one. So now we're at a two. Got it. Two, 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 two. And then we're going to count this card, which is three. three. Yep. So the running count is three. 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 Now, yeah. what's going to happen is we have to take three divided into the amount of decks remaining, and that gives us this thing called a true count. So if we're in okay. Vegas, let's say we're playing a six deck. What we would say is, let's say there were six full decks here, Jeez. and we had a running count of three. We, this is it. This is, this is the end of the complexity. We take the running count. We divide it into the number of decks remaining to be played. Okay. Mm -hmm. That answer equals what we call a true count. And the true count is the one that's informing your behaviors. Got it. So you have a running count. You have a simple piece of uh, uh, division. I'm yep. talking like sixth grade level division. Yeah. And then you just know how to play blackjack. Yeah. That's your true count. And eventually yeah. they arrest you and... It's really <laughs> exciting. <laughs> uh, they kick you. It's not illegal. Oh, yeah. But they but detain they, you. and they, they, <laughs> they, they are happy to detain you, right? Yes. So they they want to know all of your movements exactly. <laughs> from here forward. So the way it would deal out, so we were at a, what, what was our running count? A three. Three. Three, 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 three. So you're going to wave off the 18. Mm -hmm. Let's just say you're going to take a hit, yep. right? So now you're now we're at, what's our running count? Yes. And what do you have here for your score? Uh, it's hard to do that kind of quick. 21. 21. 21. Four, yeah. four, 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 four. So when we're training people right now in your head, you have to go four, 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 yeah, four, yeah. four, 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 five, 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 five. So you have to count the running count yeah. before you count your total hand. Got it. Gotcha. Right? So you have to do these things in order. Oh. So you're going, I mean, but you're going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fine. So eventually, you get to the point where you can count the like I can count this, and I don't even know how I know what it is. Uh huh. I just know uh, it's it. just program. I yeah. Just, I can see it, and I just know what the count is. But that took a while, and so let's just say you're trying to take a hit there, but you take another one. Mm -hmm. Now we're at five. yeah, nineteen, Oh yeah, first count. So most likely, I'm so bad at this. Most likely, this is going to be a so ten. Much worse. Okay. Let's see. Nope, I stuck the deck. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so, so uh, eight, nine, 
dealer bust. Yep. Mm. So that's what happens when you have a really high running count is the dealer just bust. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to play one more. Now watch what happens. Okay. So our running count, let's just, I, I actually wasn't paying attention. Let's say it's nine. Okay. Yeah. And those cards are now out of the deck. They're done. Okay. Right. So this is what's left. Now this is a really good situation because we've got about two thirds of a deck. Yep. We should start seeing yeah. face cards. A lot of face cards. And if I were you, each I'd play three hands because you guys are such. I am a baller. <laughs> You're just Sorry. Totally Clearly. Bad. I mean, obviously me. All right. So you got 14. Now, right now, Ooh. your butt should pucker a little bit. Yeah, a little mm-hmm. bit, because you just threw up a face card. Yeah, so I'm going to check to see, and I don't have 21. So what we do now in this situation, because you guys just increased your bets, because you're holy roll, you're, you're high rollers. Yes. So we were at like six, so we just check all these for the score. So now we're down to four. That oh, yeah, neutralizes, negatives. And then these two naturalize. So we're at four. And so now you just simply play your hand. Yeah. So you just take a hit. Yep. Take a hit there. You bust. Bust. Yep. You're at 16. You stand. Yeah, yep. You take a hit. Yep. You bust. You don't take a hit. You take a hit. 19. 19. 12. Four, 14. You bust. Yep. So. W- one hand. One hand. You lost a lot of money there. I did. Yeah. It wasn't the best <laughs> moment for me. Yeah. So that's really it, guys. I mean, that's it. That's it. That's blackjack. That's all you do right there. Got Easy it. peasy. You can do it in your sleep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah. no pressure. No. I'm, I'm, you know where I'm going after We're this. We're heading to the Northwood. <laughs> you guys. You're going to make it. You're going to crush it. You're going <laughs> to start a new podcast. North, North yeah, you guys are going to want to check back on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Maybe last Monday, if I got arrested at the exactly. Northwood, is what you're going to look up. Uh, now, speaking of being arrested and all that, I mm. mean, w- tell me some of these stories. What was the craziest of, of those moments of like, oh, we're getting, oh. we are getting grabbed. We are yeah. being. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I, I, I have authority issues. Right, so I don't mm-hmm. trust them, and so what I didn't really predict getting into blackjack was that casinos would be aggressive, mm-hmm. uh-huh. right? And they do; they get they can get really aggressive. They're really hostile, and I've seen, I've seen some movies. Yeah, you know <laughs> yeah. the way, yeah. the way it Blake works, right? Legs, they're like Frankie. They're, they're yeah. like come in and play a game and make money. Yeah, well, we figured out how to do that, and then when you do that, they they make you leave, or uh. and they can be pretty rude about the process, and so. For me, it was like, oh, we're kind of picking a fight here. Yeah. And that's kind of energizing. Yes, you it know? is. Like, yeah, let's go cause some yeah. trouble around <laughs> here. And so I would get kicked out of casinos. And and our, our team was amazing. It was composed, I think, at the highest. We had 36 players across the country. Holy cow. I think that's I think that was our peak number. Most of us, okay, you can put back. Most of us in various forms of Christian ministry to some degree. Yeah. And so it was a really odd group. And so the way the blackjack team would work is it was all relational network. Mm-hmm. And somebody would recommend you to join our team. And if you lived on my half of the country, you'd fly to Cincinnati. And I would, you know, I'd meet with you. And if I felt like you, like, you had the right kind of stuff about you, yeah. then I'd start training you on how to count cards. And we'd go through. The- Interesting. So you'd bring people in that didn't necessarily count cards. You're just kind of looking for a few. Uh, we never hired gamblers. Got it. So if you you. had a hobby of gambling, you were not a good fit for our team. Yeah. And it's interesting why. And it's not because of, it's actually has nothing to do with gambling per se. It has to do with paradigm. Mm. So if you, if you are oriented like that without like a degree of like success already. Uh So there's a difference between people who like to gamble and people like to just play games. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But people who have like a really strong interest in gambling, we rarely would hire those people because they have a, they have the perspective of a gambler. 
and empathy to anybody who really struggles with anything for addiction sure. wise, like count me on the list. Yeah. But uh, the the problem is you your perspective is you don't really understand the logic of math. You uh-huh. said that earlier too when you were like, but if you just trust this, you have to trust. You it. can. You have to trust it. Yeah. You have to trust it. So it's a it's a it's a either you have that ability to be able to get into that. Yeah, zone and or if you already have that like kind of gambling yeah. instincts, it kind of and you probably it, it probably there's plenty of people out there who are great at gambling, sure. Sure. great at card counting, sure. but it wasn't a good fit for our team. Yeah, right. So, yep. but what I would do is then I would just come and I'd start to train you in the process, and then you'd have to just it just takes people time, a lot of head trash you work through, and then my job was to, as far as I could tell, what because I joined the team and I I you know. I want to be freaking awesome. You want to be the best. Yeah. I want to be the best. And it's very important to me. And so I started working with my colleagues and I was like, this system isn't really making, like, how come you're not doing card counting? Yeah. The right yeah. Way? And as we started smoking out a lot of impurities in our team and, um, yeah, that, that was a, that was a good experience. It really, that was what, I mean, I've been a trainer ever since card counting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I've run training companies. I'm a trainer now, but that really started in card counting, which wow. was I had 20, to st- at 23, right? Yeah, I, I had to start figuring out it's why nuts. people think like when you're training someone card counting, it's like you're making a system error. You just don't know why, mm-hmm. and I don't know why yet, and it's very stressful. So people would typically they they call them flukes. Oh, that, I made that mistake because it was a fluke. And I believed that for the first like 350 times. <laughs> yeah. And now I don't believe in flukes. Yeah. Right. There's always a system that's leading. There's there's clearly, you know, exceptions. But uh, so speed up. Blackjack. I started playing blackjack. I loved it. I yeah. was like, this is like my ADHD goes away under pressure. Yep. And I just felt so much pressure. Yeah. And my first casino I ever went to was, the, there was one right off SeaTac. I can't remember what it's called. It's a total, like, Right as you got in. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, like, yeah. I thought it was going to be glorious. Yeah. You know, it's like, we always say, it's like a bunch of grandmas smoking cigarettes and kid in sweaters. It was like, yeah. not. A- Emerald Queen, maybe it was? Yeah. yeah. Something? Yeah, that's, that's what it was. Not cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just, it just started making sense to me. Like, the, the speed of it, and I enjoyed it, and... Well, anyway, so we, we built the team up. I started going to Vegas pretty frequently. So my, st- my, my rhythm was I would go to Vegas. I'd play blackjack. I'd come home. I would teach Bible, you know, four or five, six times a week. And then I'd start trying to learn how to start a business. So yeah. it was like reading books on HTML and PHP yeah. and Photoshop. I bought a book on how to do Photoshop. Not PCP. <laughs> the P- PHP. Oh, I used PCP <laughs> oh, to get me through got it. the boring it, coding. Just wanted to make sure. It was a tough time. Yeah, it was a tough <laughs> time. Worst of times. Yeah. It was the best of times. I had to go out and get my own poppies, figure out how that yeah, worked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I mean, this is just an example, but I was playing in Vegas. This is this at the end of my career. I was playing in Vegas and, you know, started off my Vegas career with like limos everywhere we went was like high roller and I started getting kicked out. Yeah. And I was like, this is disappointing. Yeah. I liked it when you picked me up in limousines, not when you threatened to like hurt me. Yes. And so uh, I was like, well, my game's dried up. So I went and changed my name, which is $54. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Okay. What happened? Wait, you, you legally changed yeah, your name. Yeah, because, you know, everything comes from something. I got adopted as a teenager. Uh-huh. Yes. I had my, my name legally changed. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, I bet I could just change my name. So I changed my name legally. Got Amazing. A, and got a whole new Genius. player, went back in. 
That's a perfect example, by the way, of why we talk about these backstories. That's yes, amazing. exactly. So, and then I did it again, and then I eventually tried to change my name to Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> no, I promise. Did you really try to? <laughs> At Newport, Kentucky. I was like, oh, this is awesome. I got a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. So the judge is like, why do you want to change your name? Like this document. I was like. So that I could win more money at casinos. Because I wasn't going to lie. <laughs> yeah, sure. And it was like, name change, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> and she rejected it. Oh, really? Because <laughs> it was like round three or four. And she's like, you have to sure. take your name more seriously. More <laughs> 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 seriously. No refund. No way. Yeah. No refund. So anyway, at the so, time, Mark Jones is playing. I think that was my name at the time. You kept your first name, but you changed your last yeah. name. Yeah. I love how you said, I think that it was, was Mark Jones. <laughs> yeah. And I chose Mark Jones because of the rap song, like, Mark Jones. Yeah, don't yeah, act yeah, like yeah, you don't yeah, know yeah, the yeah. name. I thought that would yeah. be cool. So. Heck yeah, it was. Right? So anyway, this night I'm playing at, I'm playing at, on the strip, and I was actually training some guys, uh, these, these uh, vets who came in from Iraq, and they, were, they had some extra money to blow. And so I was yeah. teaching them through Blackjack Apprenticeship. And that night I had on, like, high-top Air Force Ones that are, like, sparkly, and sh- the casinos oh, yeah. gave them to me. I had on camo pants that were segway <laughs> low. I went to the costume shop, and I bought a bunch of jewelry. So I had on a big fake platinum cross no and a fake way. nose ring yes. and a bunch of pinky, like, rings. I was just hat. I was like, <laughs> you were? Oh, Mark actually, Jones. Mark Jones. Jones. <laughs> don't act like you don't know the name. And so, <laughs> you're like, so I, I, try, I was teaching the guys, and then I was like, ah, uh, you know, our session was over. I was like, well, I'll just go out and play for. I was pretty much done at this time, but yeah. I was like, I'll go play for the team a little bit. Our our bankroll was down, so I was like, I'll try to go win some money for us. Yeah. So I went out and I started playing, and 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 you don't know where a night is going to go in blackjack. Okay. So the highest amount I ever made on a single shoe was $46,000. Holy cow. That night, in two hours, I made $92,000 at one casino in two hours in, Bla- in Las Vegas. Oh, my gosh. Two hours. The Whoa. following seven hours, I lost about 60 of it. Holy cow. So you have these sure. crazy swings. You just don't know how night's going to go. You just keep doing the process. Yeah. Trust the framework, no matter what, yep. right? Yeah. So anyway, back to my story. I was like, well, I'll see if the, how this goes. And so I was playing at the Wynn Casino, which is just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. the property's oh, yeah. stunning. He, like, they don't know this when we, I met them in the courtroom, but I'm a giant fan. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just such stunning architecture and design, yeah. and I love this stuff, right? So I'm yeah. like, oh, it's so amazing in here. But when you're playing blackjack, they, they have the security. We call it, it's like getting hot, like heat, because yeah. they're looking at you. Yeah. Right. And they're seeing you. And uh, my last time at the win, I was playing with this guy who was this really good looking dude. Yeah. And at the time, I didn't know anything about sports. And uh, the guy left to go to the bathroom. They're like, that's Tom Brady. And I was like, who's Tom Brady? <laughs> I'm and Mark I, Jones. I went to the bathroom and I looked and I was like, Oh, it's just like model quarterback guy. Uh, now that I'm a football fan, he's destroyed us. But yeah, so these <laughs> yeah. are the guys. I'm in the high limits room is where I'm playing. Right? Yeah. So I have no business being in there. So anyway, it's getting hot. And then I realized like these guys, they're coming. Yeah. And so at multiple the, blazers. Showing yeah, up. they're yeah. coming. So I was down like 30 grand, right? Something. So I just grabbed my chips and I just started pulling them in. And they start coming at me, and I start walking away. Now, what they do is a trespass. And a trespass is where they read this document to you, and it's essentially saying you're not allowed back on our property. So my strategy was, well, if you can't read it to me because I'm not in proximity of you, then I'm not bound to your trespass. Oh, that's good. I, I love that. I watched a lot of Judge Judy growing up. It made <laughs> sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So, sound logic, sound. Right. Yeah. They start coming at me. I start like getting away. In my mind, I'm like, just get to the strip, get yeah. to the strip. But they start yelling. And I had this weird like fight or flight thing kick off, which the only thing worse than fighting in a casino is flighting in a casino. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, for sure. So they started chasing me, and I just kind of like panicked. I started running. Oh, no. And I got outside, and it's like the only day in the history of life that it rained in Las Vegas that night. <laughs> so I'm on this beautiful, like on the way in, I was like, look at these cobblestones. <laughs> They're so perfect. Perfectly ice on my way out. Oh, yes. No. So I'm running on the cobblestone, and this dude just goes monkey on my back, and he pulls me over, flips me upside down, and I like, come to and there's like group of security guards screaming at me and I call 911 like while the guy's on my chest and the police come and I'm like I'm being detained against my will because I was and uh yeah yeah exactly that was like my biggest question of like how can they do that yeah, yeah well so it's private property sure and you know without a casino there isn't a Nevada yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so okay. I understand it Right. Yeah, and it it's, it changes where you are, but essentially they're saying you're not allowed to come back into my house and play the game anymore. Yeah, sure. So I just did. <laughs> yeah, and so I ended up going to jail. You're like night. Mike Mark Jones will not be Mark coming oh, because <laughs> once they read you the trespass, you're not allowed back there, and if you are, then that's when you find yourself in sure. jail. Theoretically, sure. got it. No, I mean I've been trespassed a thousand times. This has never happened before. I probably was just the straw that broke the camel's back. And I probably needed that to happen for myself as well. But mm, jail yeah. was amazing. I found out that if you're a Christian and you're an extrovert and you're moderately sober and moderately innocent, yeah. like, it was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You're moderately not bad, sober. Not bad. And moderately <laughs> innocent. And moderately innocent, like, <laughs> yes. So I just had the greatest time in jail, <laughs> you know, like... I ordered an egg white omelet from the lady that was asking me about tuberculosis, and they don't yeah. have those. But it was, it was, it was crazy, guys. That's amazing. It was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> Sounds like fun. <laughs> so my we in jail, I noticed this thing. I was, it was freezing. Like, yeah. I've never been to jail before. Yeah. I, the only thing I knew from jail was Van Damme movies. Yes. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's all you I better make a shiv. Exactly. Yeah. You better oh, you wrap like, a towel around your arm. You hundred percent split. Hundred percent. What I learned was we're in this giant concrete room and it's freezing and everybody's sitting like this the entire time. Uh -huh. and they're like freezing. And I was sitting there. I was like, why, why is it so cold in here? Uh -huh. And there's only a toilet in the middle and I get stage fright. So yeah. like, I can't yeah. be in that toilet yeah. with crazy. It's crazy people. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> it was awesome. I'm like praying with people, but like freezing and. Anyway, I learned afterwards, I, I, was, I was like, oh, that's why they do it. They keep it so cold because you're not violent when you're freezing. That's true. You're violent mm -hmm. when you're hot. And so we have this Mercedes Sprinter with a rear air conditioning. And when my kids are being unruly, I call it the jail effect. And I just turn the AC down <laughs> all the way. Smart. And I just frost those little buddies out. And they sit in the back seat. <laughs> you might say they might stop touching each other. Yeah. That I got three boys. Parenting I'm, 101. Yeah. I did the Honda Odyssey little, all right, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Vegas, you know, that was, that was a lot of what my life was, was just going to Vegas. And at the highlights, like, you'd make money. You'd have these phenomenal meals. At the lowlights, I mean, you... you you would, you would fly to a city. You'd fly to a city, prepare to feed your family because it's a job. Like we yeah. got paid, like, yeah. uh, and you get flagged, and in one hour you've been flagged at every casino in the region. Oh wow! And so you, you, that it was, it was a grind. It was Jeez. a grind. So, so they talk to each other. 
Yeah, and they, they tell, and this is before like today. I, I I'm really curious what it's like today. Yeah, they're but, gonna. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll know you quickly. So, yeah, I went to jail for that. It was awesome. I I got out. In fact, I got out of the jail, and they they took all my money because they thought I was a drug dealer. Oh, because I got like one hundred fifty thousand dollars in my pocket. Yeah, and I looked wow. like what I described. Yes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah. The lip ring and the bling. <laughs> yeah. And Mark Jones. Mark Jones. And then when they find out it's all from a costume yeah. store, they're like, "Well, clearly, like, careful. It's plastic. It'll break. Like, yeah. Just careful. It'll snap. <laughs> it like it. They, they didn't it. have jail shoes for me because I'm too big. So oh, I had, man. I, they let me wear my shoes, which is kind of cool. You know, nice. Cool. You're big J's. But then I was like, I'm gonna get killed in jail because yes. I got the best shoes in here. But, yeah. Uh, anyway, they let me out that night, and it's in not by normal stuff in Las Vegas, and I, they just put you in this back door, and it's 4.30 in the morning, and they took every bit of my cash and gave me a check for it. No. So I've got like $100,000 of chips, a dead cell phone, and not a dollar to my name, and it's 4.30 in the morning, and no I'm way. sitting in an alley. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate that. And I had to walk. Like it, t- it was like five hours to walk back to the strip. No way. You get I, it accosted. I'm no. assuming with the shoes and everything. I was and the so chips. nervous, yeah. you know. And then I went to the upstairs of my room at Venetian. I checked out. I went to the Bellagio to cash out my chips. Yeah. And I ended up in the back room in a set of handcuffs. And they, they, they wouldn't let me out. They made me sign a document that said I'll never come back to an MGM property. Wow. And it was it was really it was really exhausting. Like oh my that gosh! Part, it stunk, so. Well, and knowing you, I'm sure you didn't want to sign that at all. So that probably was yeah. Grueling. I really wanted to just like when I called my wife from jail, I said, "Heather, I'm fine. Don't tell my mom, <laughs> but I'm in jail." <laughs> <laughs> That's like what I told her. Yeah, and, and it was supposed to be us learning how to play poker together. <laughs> <laughs> what happened it's to the be dream? Romantic yeah. and. Uh, <laughs> I went back to jail. I, I was able to defend myself in court, which was a really cool experience. Cool. And they threw it out, and it was awesome. awesome. It was awesome. Wow. Then I, then I, Way to go. Thank you. Way to go. That's Yeah. I watched you a lot of Judge that. Judy grow up. Oh, well, that's yeah, going to yeah, take yeah. you there right now. Yeah. 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 It's, it's Judge Judy. She does it all. So, <laughs> yeah. That's that's a little bit of my card counting experience. Did you um, – that was kind of towards the end. Mm-hmm. What was the first – time you were busted at a casino like like do you yeah. remember that like were oh. you like because this you sound pretty comfortable because you kind of know how it plays yeah. but like the first time yeah you know when you first start and i think it's like this for most of the things we do right you're just you just have like every you're so aware of yourself yeah mm-hmm. right you're just like what's because you don't know what you don't know yeah right you just don't know in anything yeah. you don't know what you don't know so it's like your sense of threat it's so high. Yeah. And so when, like, what happens with your training card counters? Mm-hmm. And I, I think I, this piece just was never a problem for me. I rarely feel nervous. And under pressure, I usually feel better. So, but what happens to most people is you just think everyone knows. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. It's yep. imposter syndrome, right? It's like when you go to do a new venture and you're like, everyone knows. I've never, I don't yeah. know yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have no right. idea. I'm making yep. this up. You just do <laughs> yeah. it, though. And so... Yeah, in the beginning, it was just like people, th- normally they'll just come up to you and say, sir, uh, we're so thankful for you, but we, we, you can play any game in the house except for blackjack. Uh-huh. That's like okay. the nice one. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Like, that's a cool one. We're starting yeah. to get the vibe from you. Yeah, you're you know too, what's going they're on. nice. They're, you're too good for us. We were going to refuse your play. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. A little wink. You're too good for uh-huh. us. Back away. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm going to go to my car. I'm going to shave my beard off. No. Oh, yeah. 
Oh. Shave my beard off. Best. Change You're your clothes. Take, take it off because I had it on underneath and go back in. And, you know, so that's probably where I was definitely like bending the line a little bit more than sure. I probably would have these days. But, yeah. Because uh, there, there was a documentary about you guys that came out around 2011, 2013. Uh, I don't know the year, but somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah. And it was called Holy Rollers. Yep. You can see it on Amazon yep. um, still right. to this day. And some of the costumes that you guys wore uh -huh. were pretty dramatic. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you changed ethnicities, you changed yeah. names legally. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, what you guys would do to find yourselves back into these places, right? Was, right, and, and and you know, it was more than just getting ourselves back into the casino. It was just fun. Yeah, oh. like it was just making it fun. Like, yep. I think one of the things that I learned from blackjack that was more important to me than probably any lesson I ever learned was I took my wife's student loans and I maxed them out. I mean, we didn't have anything. Yeah. Know? I was like sling. I was, I was, I, first two kids, we were on food stamps. Like we did not come from money. Yeah. yeah. But we got out of like, student debt through playing blackjack. Like, huh. I, I don't tell this to most people, but that's how I, well, I Let's tell know. it on the podcast. For yeah, tell yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah. So that's how we got out of it. But what essentially what it meant was I'm going to take my life savings and I'm going to give it to you guys. This is this is actually what black how our team was structured. I'm going to give it to you. Now you're going to go to Las Vegas. My first time going to Las Vegas, I won sixty. I think it was like sixty two, sixty five thousand dollars or something. It was great. Yeah. Wow. My teammate lost a hundred thousand dollars that night. Something around there. He, and I called him to check in on him. He was broken. And blackjack does this to you. You just lost a hundred thousand dollars in the last six hours. Wow. Like that's a mental thing. That's hard. That's huge. Yeah. Come back from. Yeah. You're like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with the system? And again, I yeah. always say the same thing. You trust the system. Uh -huh. Or you just won 20 grand and you're like, I should stop. Yeah. That's how gamblers think. Yeah. Because math has no memory. Uh -huh. yeah. If you won $96,000 in the last two hours, the probability of you losing or winning the next hand is exactly the same as if you won yep. or lost. It doesn't know. But our emotions, uh -huh. they are different things, right? So... What would what what would happen to us is we'd have to just learn to trust one another because I'm giving you this money and you could take that money and equally pocket the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. the entire thing, and I have no idea. Yeah, no yeah. clue. No yeah. clue. The only thing I have from you is your word. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And the people. So now you're building a business because this was a company, mm -hmm. right? It's a business. Mm -hmm. And so now we're developing a team, and this becomes a – and the documentary, I think, actually, Brian Storkel is the producer of that documentary. He's mm -hmm. an amazing producer. That's the lowest of all of his work. He's produced a lot of wow. cool documentaries after that. Um, and and he, was a, he was a member of our team as well. But the one thing I think he missed in the documentary was the need to, to, to steward trust between yeah. each other. Mm -hmm. and, and that was like – that's the culture. How do you in an organization steward and foster trust yeah. so that we can be open and honest with one another? Yeah. And I mean, we had a guy on the team lost $10,000 and he came and told, the, told us, yeah. lost it. And he was like, I don't know where the money is. And he had to pay it back. We, and he did over time. Yeah. And then he eventually found it in his couch. Wow. Which is easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. More easy than you'd imagine. When you're walking around with hundreds of thousands of dollars all the time, it's easy to you lose. throw down a bill or stack. Or yeah. <laughs> we'd have to, we, the way we'd do it is we'd stack them up in 10, we call them 10 stacks. So we'd stop and then you'd 
you'd stack a 10 stack and then you'd rubber band it in a certain way and then you'd fold it in a certain way and then you'd put it in your shirt a certain way. And mm. then when we flew, this yeah. is weird. So you're flying with, you know, 150 grand in your pocket. TSA does not like that. No, they're not big fans of that. They're not uh, big fans yeah. of that. But at the time, with the technology, if you, as long as there's no metal on you, you can get through the detectors with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we, and there's nothing illegal about it. It's just a pain. Yeah. So we yeah. would sew the money into our shirts or sewed into our shorts. Oh <laughs> not kidding you. Yeah. So I had like shorts made where there was like Velcro on the inside. I was like, oh, I could stick 10 grand here. Yeah. Wear socks, <laughs> like high socks, like my mountaineering socks I would yeah. wear on the plane. Just so I was like, oh, I bet I can get 30,000 on that leg. And twenty thousand on that leg, and I got busted once in Detroit by the DA, DEA. Is that what this? Yeah, the DEA. Yeah. And they they thought I was moving drugs. Oh yeah, I mean it's yeah. like why why do you need to hide this money? Like yeah. you know, and I was like, I'm a professional card counter, and he was like, let's have some receipts, and I was like, they don't give receipts. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I don't know, and he's like, you're flying from Detroit to LA. With all this money and a bunch of players' cards, yeah, and a couple IDs. <laughs> no, I didn't have the ID, <laughs> so it was it was a pretty. So did you have to play the DEA blackjack? To yeah, prove to them <laughs> for, yeah, for, okay. yeah. yeah. no win. kidding. So what I loved about blackjack, and I'll say this is like what it taught me was like, man, if I want to be, I want to be a po- person who can foster trust in a business. And so yeah. The way we did that was meals, mm-hmm. like we ate together. Yeah. A lot. Mm. You know, we shared meals together. The same principles as house churches. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, dude. A lot of a lot of meals, a lot of time, and it wasn't great. There's was all sorts of issues in that team like there is in any other business. Sure. But mm. you know, I, I left eventually. I just it no longer was in alignment with what I was trying actually I think what happened was I was able to use it for the purpose I was trying to use it for. Mm. Yeah. And then, you know, I had to kind of get to that ending point, but yeah. Eventually exited it and yeah glad for it yeah you've alluded several times that you've derived a lot of business principles Mm -hmm. and you've shared a handful of those what would you feel like is you know now you're doing business consulting yeah how does that how does a card deck of 52 play into your life nowadays (laughs) when i when i was playing these cards playing cards my grandfather the one who ran that company I mentioned, um, he he took me out to lunch. He calls me Moose because I'm big. And I call him Big. I don't think I've ever called him Granddad or something. Uh-huh. He's only, I only call him Big. And he said, Moose, what are you doing with your life? I said, what do you mean, Big? And we the documentary came out. You know, it's like we're getting like press and stuff. Yeah. And I'm a easily flattered, right? Yeah. I've <laughs> loved myself. And he said, I was like, you know, Grandpa, I'm playing cards, starting this business up. And he's like, it's not good enough. Uh-huh. And I was like. What? He goes, it's not good enough for you, like for what God's given you. That was it. And uh, it wasn't mean, it wasn't scolding, but mm. it, it left me, guys, it left me with this like, what am I doing? Big question mark. Yeah. Mm. My, like I grew up, like my grandmother, you know, ringing Salvation Army bells. They mm. were business owners, but very generous people. And I just was like, what am I doing? Mm. And so for me... And I believe this at 10 out of 10. It's like when the desires of your heart and the work of your hands mm-hmm. are overlapped, like there you find great satisfaction. In life, yes. Right. Yeah. So I had a fundamental problem with blackjack. I'm going to come back to like what I learned, but, but the fundamental problem was as a system, you're not actually producing value for anyone. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the world's greatest hack. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's like I could make 
you know, I if I had a thousand hours in a casino and I came in with two hundred thousand dollars, I'm leaving with millions and millions of dollars. Got it. Which, by the way, is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that alone is awesome. Yeah. yeah. That okay. Is awesome. That is super dope. That is super. There's nothing wrong. That is cool. But if you're doing this across multiple years, yeah. and you start looking out and going like from a legacy perspective, I was only like 26, 27, but I'm like, I'm not producing anything for anybody. I don't have anything to yeah. show. Yeah. And I haven't helped anybody. Yeah, I haven't helped any. And, and from a biblical perspective, yeah. this the Bible's so pro-business, it's remarkable. Mm-hmm. But the whole the notion of it is that we're doing an ex- proper exchange of value. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, casinos are more ethical than I was. Wow. It took me a long time to get to this. It's a wild thought. Casinos are more ethical than I was as a, as a card counter. Wow. The reason they're more ethical is because they're doing a straightforward, clear exchange. It's slimy. Sure. Right? Like, I don't agree, whatever. But it's still a straightforward exchange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I did was I just went in and extracted with no clear exchange. Yeah. Right? And so yeah. I've decided all the end, the Christian card counting team was like, I was the least Christian of the entire group. Uh. Not because I was stealing from them, but yeah. really just because it was it was not a proper value transaction for me. Yeah. Right? So, for like which is interesting. Grandpa said is like you know better, like almost like you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. Grandpa was like you you have to take what God's given you and do more for people. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and Grandpa's very pro business, so he was like, yeah, yeah, you'll find better ways to do this in the marketplace. Yeah. Than you will just in a casino. So. Wow. That led me into card counting. but It's interesting to me, too. I mean, I, I read your article in Cigar Aficionado. Mm. It's a little subscription I held on to for a number of years. <laughs> Addiction. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, The magazine, not yeah. the cigars. And um, you talk about, like, you guys talk about talking people out of gambling at a table. Yeah. And you talk about how sometimes what you were doing led to baptizing people. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, so it seems like. Did you find yourself just justifying some of those little wins? but Or do you feel like, oh, I didn't really think about it that way. Yeah, I mean, to me, blackjack was more, I mean, it was it was a job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was a job. You know, that. so I didn't, I didn't think too much about it. It was like, you're offering a game. So on the other side of that, right, here's a public game. Yeah. It's a public game. Mm-hmm. And we built the game because most likely you're going to lose. We'll advertise the crap out of it to try to get you to come and play. But we know statistically you're going to lose. We're going to win. Mm-hmm. But it's a public game. Come and play. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's it. That's it. Totally. I'm in. Invitation. Yeah. yeah. I'm in. As long as it's like as long as it's like that, I'll play all day long. And you can be like, I don't want you to play. Mm-hmm. When well, I'm going to be like, sorry. <laughs> That's yeah. not enough for you me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Sorry. I'm sure you don't. <laughs> yeah. Like you've been extracting people's money forever. Yeah. I just know how to extract it better than you from you. So. That being said, like, you know, you know, you can't build a life off of that. Like when I look at my sons, I think of the kind of men I want them to be. It's like, not just because you can gamify a system, like go do the hard work of, of from concept to birth. Yep. Like build something, build something, make something. Yeah. And so that's what I left to go do. But I think the blackjack thing, you know, the lessons I take from blackjack, there's two of them that I hold on to a lot. One of which is, is trust. Mm-hmm. Like culture, I love culture. Like mm-hmm. I love it. And and blackjack showed me like if you you can bring people around something, but like that culture piece. Like people say that stupid phrase all the time, but yeah. it's it's not. It's not mm-hmm. like it's 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 beyond not. It's the center of almost everything because culture is relationships. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. It's how we steward our relationships. So if we can foster a culture 
bam. Professionally, so that was one half. The second half is like I just became obsessed with strategy. Yeah. So mm-hmm. all oh, yeah. we talk about is strategy and cards. Yeah. Right? It's called basic strategy. Like the world is strategy. So I left this business. I started a test prep company after failing at four or five different companies. And so I started, a, I started, I was actually starting a house church or helping with a house church in Seattle. And I started an education company with a pal that we were able to grow to a multi-million dollar company. And, but it was all based, it was like blackjack, mm-hmm. but for students, you know, it's like teaching kids how to take tests. Yeah. And it was just like, what's the strategy? What's the yeah, strategy? That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. Fantastic. So I love it. I love to think like that. It's like, again, Chipotle, right? It's like. When I go to Chipotle, I love Chipotle. It's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, I I know. Don't blackball me or blacklist nope, me for I'm this right Chipotle. There with you. I go to Chipotle. I'm like, oh, <laughs> is that chicken? Mm-hmm. And she's like, yes. Like, Can I try some? She <laughs> gives me a little bite of chicken. I'm like, oh, carnitas. That sounds interesting. <laughs> and she's like, Mark, you were here three days ago. <laughs> right? And I'm sampling everything. And then I'm like, Oh, and I, I, I made up this thing for Chipotle, and I did this for years. I'm not kidding. I did this for so many years. I'd be like, I'd say to the person, I'm like, look, I want like 50-50, you know, beef and chicken, but like not like two scoops. I want like two scoops. Yes. And he'd do the first. But I learned that you don't say that to him in the beginning. You say it right when he's like right at the zenith of the first. I want, you know, you're like, I want carnitas. Lifts up the carnitas. And you go, actually, I just want to do like 50-50 carnitas barbacoa. And nobody wants to go all the way back down <laughs> yeah. and drop all that meat on. No, off, they right? don't. So no. they'll just go, oh, and go, I don't want you to get in trouble, but I really like meat. And the guy's like, get me in trouble. Yeah. It looks like you went to the zoo with a wood chipper by the time we're done. It's yes. just meat is all over the place. We're double wrapping that thing. Love it's it. endless. Like it's it's un, like unlimited amount of tortillas, right? So yeah. every kid leaves with their own skin graft, and then we're just deconstructing and loading it back in. And That's amazing. I love it. So That's uh, genius. Yeah, it's kind of smart. I, I got a, a three boys and a wife. We all, we, we wait in the line. Yeah. We do Chipotle, and that's my new hack. Yeah, that's amazing. amazing. Try it, it works. Be like, guys, what? I got this. Yeah, and then it's the sneeze guard's too short, too, so I'm always like, Breathing on all the food and like, get rid of me. Yeah, that's good. That's <laughs> yeah, good. touch this. Yeah. It's a yeah. little it's bait and switch. They're You're breathing on the food, so they're not really get paying out attention. Of here. Yeah, get yeah, out yeah, of yeah. here. Get out of here. What do you guys think of blackjack? What strikes you about that whole this whole idea? I mean, I think one, I didn't realize the 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 formulaic strategy behind it. Mm-hmm. Right. I. For sure. It's pretty much if if I play cards at a casino, which has maybe been less than. 10 times mm-hmm. in my life it's the game that I've always leaned to. Yeah. I think it's really fun to kind of figure that out. Yeah. But to think about all of the variations, mm. um, to me, that's like such a big number. It d- didn't seem tangible mm. for sure. And then when you pull out the sheet here and you're showing us and you kind of walk us through this, you go, Oh yeah, there's a different way. Yeah. Mm. So to me it was, it's just, it's intriguing. Yeah. Um, it's also intriguing you know, I love it in the documentary. It's intriguing to me how it's a relational tool mm. for you guys. That yeah. really stood out to me, mm-hmm. right? So it's like that. Um, it's like that. Uh, t- like almost like that sober fun when you're like 14 and you're hanging out with your friends and like everything's funny, or like you've never been funnier than the times that you were at the cafeteria table with your best friends. Yeah, that's the stuff that I love about like the changing the costumes and oh, like yeah. you know doing oh, you know, yeah. changing your yeah. name. Yeah. I mean, that's the antics that like. 
to me it makes this oh world you know so much fun. It definitely felt like we were like running a pirate show. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pirate radio like, for sure. Right? Totally pirate show. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I thought that was like I, I always liked the pirates. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, we want to be the British guys. Like, no. Who cares about those? Guys? <laughs> Nobody yeah. wants to be the Steal British guys. Yeah, yeah. Right. We're like we want to go find the buried treasure. Yeah. We're gonna do it as like a crew. And it's like oh, it was a total like felt like a total heist movie, which is my favorite. So I was like yes. Oh yeah. Awesome. Loved it. I'm geared that same way too. Like where, I uh, like uh, if if author- authority figures like that, th- that would make me mad. Right? We would really like you to stop playing our game. I'd be like, oh, mm. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Like what, that- I hear, what I hear you saying is, <laughs> <laughs> keep playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's what it. What are you gonna do? And yeah, like we're gonna show you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, and it's, you know, if you're, for your listeners, if you're interested in getting into blackjack, here's what I say about that. Like, the, the margin for error is very, very, very small. And only, very few people are able to cross over that line. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm special enough. I just stuck with it long enough. You studied. You did the mm-hmm. work. And I had people that were always, I had a community around me that was always checking me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I was building a process for checking teammates and future teammates and vetting them. Yeah. And simultaneously, I was being vetted by me. But for the most part, the people, I mean, I look back at the people that were on that card, card counting team. And I mean, every single one of them are remarkable people. Yeah. I was just lucky to be along for the ride. I mean, I was some doofus from Kentucky, like no business being on something so cool. But yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Do you keep in touch with those guys or do you guys ever get together and... Yeah, good question. Some of the people I do, I don't, as a, as the whole blackjack community, no. Yeah. No, and they're all yeah. over the country as well. Um, when I stepped away from blackjack, I needed to step away from blackjack. Yeah, so, agreed. Yeah, because I can't, I can't chase two rabbits. I'm that way too. If I'm, if I'm out, I'm out. Yep. So when I, when I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm ready to be an entrepreneur. I was like, I'm all the way done. Yeah. And blackjack's a little bit threatening because it's like, you, you have to burn the boats. Mm-hmm. At some point, you have to burn the boats, right? You got to just do yeah. it. And mm-hmm. for me, it was like, we weren't ready. It's like having kids. You're never ready. Yeah. Good luck. I guess, oh, I'm always ready to make them, but you're never ready to help yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? The, like, after, the aftermath. Totally. But you got to burn the boats and you got to go freaking all in. Yeah. And I think for me, like with Blackjack was like, when I was done, I was done. I was really more interested in figuring out could I actually do something that would be beneficial to people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe make some coin on the side. That yeah. would be pretty fun too. But to that purpose, Blackjack was great. And yeah, I mean, what Collins built over at blackjackapprenticeship.com is, I mean, those tools weren't around when we were training. It's it's world class. It's yeah. really yeah. good. So if you want to become a degenerate gambler, <laughs> no, no advantage player. Oh, advantage player. You guys player. didn't bring on gamblers. That's right. We didn't. Yeah. Know. You yeah. might be the, is he, no, correct me if I'm wrong. Are you the, he might be the first person where he took a side hustle. And we've discussed this a little bit in the beginning. Was his main hustle that became your and main then, hustle? Yeah, yeah, life was the side hustle. Yeah, kind yeah. of. It started there. That's pretty great. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I've kind of never stopped the same work, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, sure. right? yeah. So it was like training trainers, like like. So when I was running my company, um, and I, I didn't, I, I don't, I didn't have a business degree. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was just like I just wanted to do it, and I thought it'd be cool to do it for myself so yeah but as we we started um my last business torch prep was like you know we, at first we called it the locker room there's like six of us we were running this whole laundry room the whole room was covered in whiteboards and it was like really fast to mobilize and change yeah. and launch yeah. and back super quick and we hit this point where it was like we just hit a ceiling uh-huh. and and we were expanding but the partnership was getting strained and i was frustrated and as we were growing 
as we grew our, our, our degree, the caliber that I wanted of the best, like I wanted for this arena, the, the vertical we were in, I was like, I want to be the best in the entire nation at this. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I expected. And then our caliber started to drop. And then following that, our revenue started to drop. And I've never had revenue drop before. Huh. You know, just, I was in that early stage for a business. Yeah. And then slowly, we, it just stopped being fun. Huh. Yeah. It started getting stressful. Yep. And I thought it was me. So I was like, what's wrong with me? Like, what? I suck. And I was really frustrated at myself. And what I didn't realize, and it was me, but it wasn't because mm. my heart wasn't in the right place. Yeah. It's because it's because my understanding of the system of business hit the ceiling. Yeah. Mm. I, I, and you only know what you know. Yeah. You just yeah. tapped out cause yeah. that's all you knew. And I, and I knew I was trying to fix it. I was trying to solve it, but eventually right. And looking, and I just love this idea that somebody smart enough has done something better enough, consistently enough that I could just copy it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Glean it. No, no, that's Glean the best yeah. part of like the age yeah. of knowledge and everything that we right. have now is like, seen this before yeah and that's so i was able to do that career-wise that's what i train on the same system that somebody trained me on in my business that we broke through the ceiling we doubled our revenue for me i you know i had a bunch of little kids at home so i was able to go from working like 60 hours a week to 20 and i was like wow it was awesome i felt i was like god you blessed me so much and but it was through it wasn't through like you know i'm a i'm a charismatic person it wasn't that Mm -hmm. right that can only get you so far it was it was through the team i was like oh everybody talks about team but it was like for me it wasn't just team it was like structure yeah yeah like how do you put people together in the right way to unlock growth and yeah so that the systems are really important if we can have the discipline to stick with it so yeah now you're building you're teaching us like you said a system that really helped you succeed what's the name of that yeah. Company. What are you doing now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I train a system called EOS, which stands for Entrepreneurial Operating System. Oh, right on. Um, very quickly, back in the day, there's this guy named Gino Wickman. Gino's a, I think he's a genius, but it started off by a lifelong entrepreneur who, um, 21, launched his first company, 25, got pulled into his family business, mm. ran that for seven years, and finding, finding a need of a turnaround, eventually exited that company, sold that off, and started really just gravitating towards entrepreneurs and while Gina was in that process what Gino realized is he had a real knack for understanding the way entrepreneurial operating systems work Mm -hmm. there's a lot of material written on this now but at the time there was not right every business book was designed for corporate yeah right so the 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 startup wild west that we live in now which is the coolest like this today's the coolest like this is the coolest. It's so freaking cool how we can start companies in this country. Yeah. And our resources are there. Well, so what Gino did was he just started cobbling together these ancient, like timeless tools. There's nothing magic about EOS. It's really just saying what are the timeless disciplines of behaviors mm-hmm. that make for an, like a great entrepreneurial business. Yeah. yeah. And so um, out of that, he he went all in. He just created this process called EOS. And I got introduced to it in 2015 when I was running my entrepreneurial business. And EOS is really designed around organizing the human capital in a business and getting everyone on the same page about where we're going and then instilling discipline and accountability throughout the organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this, I mean, I just love this, right? So the vision of where we're going, that's our strategy, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like 
but comprehensively building a strategy. Yeah. Discipline and accountability for me is like, well, that's what I did in card counting. Yeah. I made sure my players knew how to play right, my yeah. teammates, right? Like, I like discipline. Give them the tools. Yeah, and, and if I don't have accountability, I fall apart. Yeah. Like, you know, I just, I'm like, I'm like water roll. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I eating, I'm the same way. Eating Twinkies all day without accountability. And then healthy, which is it's designed to make leadership teams cohesive mm-hmm. and open and honest mm-hmm. and... This is really like that's the work that I love to do more than anything is building strategy, making sure the right things are getting done, and then because I'm I am a really relational person, yeah. So yeah. Like, making sure that our relationships are open and honest, and you know my so that's what I do for a living. Uh, that's called EOS. So I work with entrepreneurial companies and their leadership teams. That's amazing. Super fun. Oh, that yeah. is so like, much fun. I actually learning EOS was the hardest thing I've ever done. And it beat out blackjack. Wow! By like yeah. that much. Huh. And blackjack was, like, but it's the same thing. It's yeah. just building out a framework and having the discipline to go through it and maintain it. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's like a hard thing for all of us. Yes. Is, is creating a system where we keep doing the right thing. That's it, dude. Because I am terrible. At that. Especially uh, when you have ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I do. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. So I have. So I'm like diagnosed severe ADHD. Yep. Which is why I like systems so much. Right, so I lean towards yeah. systems because it keeps me focused. I'm mm-hmm. a diagnosed as well, so like when Same. You, when you, I know all of us. Yeah, are like, yeah. Yeah. Disaster. one of us. One of, <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised we've gotten this far in the conversation. I truly, yeah, I, truly. I just peed in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like while you were saying things, I'm like I am totally that same way. Totally that same way. Totally. Yeah. 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 So I think, I think, um, you know, there's, there's so much more opportunity in business than we realize Mm -hmm. and then i think where if you're coming from a bootstrapper like i was what i just didn't realize is like everybody hits a ceiling Mm -hmm. yeah everybody hits a ceiling like every business hits a ceiling and those who are able to get around the ceilings are the ones that we all look at yeah and go like wow how did they do that yeah and the reality is they had some kind of framework or process to get them there and um, so yeah, what I get to do professionally now, it's like, it's the culmination of everything I've ever learned and it's, it's really a dream, but blackjack know. gets you there. And then also who you are is like yeah, being so personable. I think that's yeah. perfect, perfect fit. And I really like, you know, like what at the end, I talk to anybody and at the end of the day, I want like your soul to be so filled with purpose in life mm-hmm. that your eyes have so much light in them. That you look at your life and you go, this is a great life that I've been given. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so many things steal that from us. Yeah. Right? And we all, every, we're all, we get so banged up, myself as well, right? We fall on our faces or just, you know, jumped on my face. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's true. But um, so for me, it's like I look back at what my mom was like when she was a single mom and she had no money. And I'm like, I get to help entrepreneurs create businesses that that are healthy, yeah. So that people like my mom are thriving mm-hmm. in this place of leadership, not just thriving because it's safe, yeah. thriving because they know they're creating value to. Yep. There's there's so much dignity in creating value for yeah. other people. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I'm like, I get to p- get paid really well to help businesses grow, mm-hmm. but if we grow in a healthy way. That's extremely still market driven but yeah uh, dude it's like thank you god this is what i want to do for my entire life this is wow this is great it's cool (laughs) i mean to be able to do something that you love as a career yeah that is 
like you said earlier, it's the dream spot. Yeah. Right. That's right. It's the spot. That's so, right. man, I love that for you too. Yeah. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. So, you know, it's like, it's a grind like everything else. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's almost, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome though. So it's worth it. I think so. You yeah. know, it's like, I, I just, I, I read this Proverbs once and it said, uh, the, the purposes of a man's heart are deep waters and a man of understanding will draw them out. Mm. I have no idea what that means. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I said, hmm, like, mm. yes. Yeah, I'm like, yes, mm. I understand that ancient work. <laughs> 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 I don't know, and I don't know how to swim. So this is going to be I was, uh, very difficult. But I, I kind of <laughs> became convinced that like God has, whether you believe it or not, I don't care. The way I look at everybody mm. is... And I hope this increases like their value. Is like I look at you and go like, "There's deep purposes inside oh, of you." Oh yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. But scar tissue and and environments and who knows what self belief. There's all sorts of reasons why those purposes don't get drawn out. Yes. And when the, when that starts to get clogged, when your purpose pipe gets clogged, like all sorts of shit gets backed up in our lives. It does, yeah. right? So I'm like, I get to help unclog that for people. And nobody likes a clogged colon. No. <laughs> Nobody is that where your purpose is? Yeah. No, no. yeah. Is that where that's I, I, got a, I got a blackjack story about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll save that one for another episode. Yeah. Hey Mark, Probably thanks so should. much for being on the show with us, man. Yeah. I loved having you. Totally. I think that there's just there's so many gold nuggets in what you've shared. Cool. I'm excited you know, I tend to listen to and watch the podcast a couple times. I know that I'm gonna do that with this. I'm gonna oh, just cool. savor it, take a lot of notes. Yeah. Um you know, I'd love to have you back at some time to talk about the entrepreneurial systems oh, that yeah, you work yeah, in and yeah, stuff. Because yeah, I think, you know, for our listeners, we're, we're trying to build people that are doers. Yeah. And so to create, to introduce people to a system. Yeah. Uh, of doership yeah uh might be it might be what some people need to get off the couch totally yeah and that's the hope you know i mean obviously we spend a lot of time relationally just trying to gauge the story yeah. and inspire people but we're also hoping to use some of these practical tools yeah to help people kind of move even further so well if that doesn't work they can become gamblers absolutely yeah yeah <laughs> and all you have to do is watch this video rewind it a handful of times and yeah. you'll probably pick yeah. it up just from this alone. Yeah. So, yeah. Mark, thanks so much, yeah, man. Thank you. Bless thank you. you so much. Yeah, brother. Thanks, yeah. This table's getting a little hot, though. Let's get out of here. Yeah, it's getting a little hot. It's getting a little hot. <laughs>